Welcome to the Aiki Dojo Podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the Aikido Center of Los Angeles. And with me is Bill D'Angelo from the Aikido Center of Los Angeles. Good afternoon, Bill. Good afternoon, Sensei. How are you today? Not too bad. Good. The, Glad to hear. The, the year is coming to an end and everything is becoming busy. Year is wrapping up and today is our last session. Our last podcast. For Hopefully it's a good one so we can end on a good note and start on a good note. So one thing I want to say, like, is, this is our last podcast for the year. We're looking into the starting up again in January is that any of the listeners have questions, topics they want covered, anything at all, please email us at the comments and let us know. Yes. So yeah, definitely. I mean, we're always looking for stuff to talk about. I think next year we have a few people that want to be interviewed guests. Guests. So that should be kind of nice. Um, yeah. So what should we talk about? So today? Should we tee up today's topic. So today's topic is old versus new in Aikido instruction, old school versus new school. Oh yeah. That's a kind of, it's an interesting topic. Um, so what do you think new old school was or is? And we can get to whether anyone's doing old school anymore, but what do you, what is from your experience as a student and as a teacher, what does old school mean? We'll see. I don't know. This is this one of the things you really should think about is is Aikido relevant? Today, right. So is it relevant? I mean People, martial arts, traditional martial arts in general, aren't relative. Yeah, they're losing their relevance. Yeah. Well, they're losing their appreciation in practice. Well, no, it's, it's not that they're losing their appreciation in practice. They're just not relevant anymore. Right? We, for the most part, most people don't get into fights. Right. Right. They're not getting into fights, and then you're never going to use it. So the martial aspects of martial arts is not relevant anymore. So... That w which leads us to this idea of like, what's the difference between um, old school teaching and new school teaching? New school teaching, you have to kind of find how to make it relevant in the 21st century person's life. Old school, it's something you kind of did to defend yourself. You did because it was your familial thing. There's all these reasons why you did it other than just because you want to do it. But you don't think there's still uh, a martial self-defense purpose to... Oh no, there, there, I mean, no, no, there's, there's got to be. There, there is. Yeah. But people aren't flocking to Aikido For to that. learn how to fight. Right. Right. So because they're not coming to Aikido to learn how to fight, Aikido is losing its edge. And because it's losing its edge, it has to be taught a different way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so understand. The old school way of being taught, the, the, it is focused on the student. They're both, well, see, they're both focused on the student. But the old school way of being taught is the onus of learning is placed upon the shoulders yeah. of the student. Right. Today, the onus of learning is laid on the shoulders of the teacher. Well, if I didn't get a good grade, then why? It's your fault. Right. The teacher did a bad job. Yeah. The, even though the student was lazy. So both ways, new and old, force the student to have to become a better student. But- Today, there's no consequences. So in the old days, if you did something the teacher didn't like, they just kicked you out. Right. Today, they go, well, they're all customers. That person's $150 a month, so we can't kick them out. So maybe that's like one of the first things that we can talk about in terms of old versus new. All really didn't emphasize 
the sort of Western idea of a, as you say, a customer. And so you were, it was, it was hard, harsher because it was maybe trying to be more martial. Is that kind of what you're saying? No, it was harsher because there was no time. Some of these people had to go use this on a battlefield. Some of these people had to get up to speed quickly so that there wasn't a dojo yabure. You know, they stormed the dojo and everybody's got to be up to speed. Yeah, you got to participate and defend. Right. So you and the, the so the competency levels of people of the past are much higher than they are today. the The ability of the student to learn was ideally better in the old days, but see, there remains to be seen. Today, we have all the tools to become better, but we have not yet achieved the the milestone of developing teachers like Seigo Yamaguchi. Kisabaru Masala sensei, like, where are those people? Right, right. Those people that you just go like, whoa, this person's like doing Aikido on another level. I mean, so, a lot of these teachers are good. They're fast, they're strong, but they're, I don't know of how, how many of them are of the level of the Arikawa sensei, mm. the the Yamaguchi senseis, the second doshus of the world. So that's the thing is that you wonder if, if is it taught in a different way? Are human beings different today? Is it is all martial arts in general losing its touch? See, one of the things that came to my mind when we talked about doing this topic and, and queuing off what you're saying right now is it's almost as if old versus new is also traditionally Asian versus Western men, mental framework. Because you know, we've talked about old school being like show not tell, um, student not customer, and then New school, there's a, like there's a greater emphasis in like people want to understand what they're doing, not so much what they're not actually just do what they're told to do. They want to understand the context, they want to know how it works, they want to know the body mechanics. And it's like when you start, when you have to stop to teach all those things, it's almost like you run out of runway. Yeah, no. Uh, Kojima Sensei from Zenshuji Temple told me that a ton of people come to the Dharma talks, but no one stays after for Zazen. For Zazen. Yeah. yeah. And so today, like we're, you know, I can't tell you how many people tell me how it is. Oh, Aikido philosophy is this. And they're not wrong, but just knowing it doesn't mean you can do it or under, understand it with your heart. Right. I mean, I go to lunch with people that used to do Aikido or they're, you know, um, influential in the Japanese American community. And they're like, oh, Aikido's like this. And I go, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, so this is such that yeah, you're not wrong. But then they're not ever going to come train. They're not going to do it. So they're learning the 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 philosophical, spiritual, and the understandings of Aikido, but they can they can't do Aikido. So it's just talk. So you know, we think about this idea of old and new. In the old days, the proof was in the pudding. Yeah, you don't you never said anything if you could do it. And and for instance, say our teacher rarely. In the class, I mean, you would never know that Key was part of Aikido. He studied in our school for the most part. It was like, here's the technique, here's how it works. Well, actually, not here's the technique. Do the technique. Well, he, the reason why he didn't talk about Key that much is because he saw how easily people can become diverted, diverted, misled, um, you know, confused by this aspect of this idea that m most people can't explain. But going on this old versus new, that seems to me something that you still uphold as a teaching tenant that you, you don't really talk about. I don't really talk about it. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I don't talk about it because the students got to move their feet. Right. They got to get... At our dojo, I don't know about other dojos, at our dojo, 
it was taught to me as a martial art, and I tried to teach it as a martial art. Whether or not you're ever going to even use it, it's not the point. The point is that it's a tool that you will always have that you can defend yourself with, but also the technical aspects spill over into your regular life, and then you learn how to, for lack of a better word, harmonize with people. Right. You know, you learn how to to be nonviolent with other people. But it sounds to me like in the way you're explaining it, that there that there's still a pretty strong old school component to Aikido Center of Los Angeles. Yeah, but is it even me? I go, people say stuff to me and I go, what? And when I was a student, someone mouthed off the sensei like that. I didn't. What's a good example of that? That you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I, I told a student something the other day. He goes, no. And I go, what did you say? <laughs> and he goes, oh, I mean, uh, not no. It's just I met. And he like tried to talk his way out of it. But if Sensei was alive and he was a teacher, Killing you. and no, and he someone did that, I'd have murdered that person. Yeah. But then you can't, you know, like you can't, Aikido's not like that anymore. When I was a student, we talked about this before, is that the dojo was like Gladiator's Arena. Yeah. Everyone was under each other and no one liked each other. But then that created this animosity inside the dojo. Right. And then that's what caused two or three of Sensei's assistants to quit, quit betray leave him steal all the students and you go dude but you you since he created that whether since he knew it or not first since he created that environment that dynamic that dynamic because it was all no 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 jutsu based one thing i think you know i mean you've been here longer than you this is my 30th year this is like your 35th year right no 30 uh 33 going next year be 34 wow so one of the things i was thinking is old versus new on this dojo, and I think you've done a really good job at this, but this dojo has a lot of people that have been here a long time. I wouldn't say I did anything. I, the thing that I tried to do today is I tried to understand the mindset of the modern person. Contemporary student. And try to understand that. Like, look, if I had the choice to make them technically good or a good person, I would always choose a good, good person. person. Yeah. Because you, you could be really good and just be a, a jerk. Right. And then you could be really good and your life is all messed up. Right. right? And then is it the teacher's job to, is to teach the person to give them balance? I, I, so I try to think, how do I give these people balance? But then giving them balance gives them the leash or the, to choke themselves with hmm. because they, they're not coming to class today. They're going to go have balance and have fun. And then they take it too far. So that I wonder out loud, like, oh, am I creating as good a students as free sensei? Oh, maybe not. That I feel all bad. Like, am I doing a disservice? But then I, I don't have the heart to go, you better be here every day. You know, but like perhaps people need to kind of understand what old school teaching is, right? Like old school teaching, the teacher is the top of the pyramid. The teacher is paramount. Whatever the teacher says, you the, do it. You do it. And the only thing that's supposed to come out of your mouth is, hey. And the amount of time between the, when the teacher says something and then you yeah. say hi is supposed to be the amount of ego you have. So if the teacher goes, Bill, hi. Hi. <laughs> that's all you That's okay. Because at that moment, you're you're calculating how to react. How to react and, and how to be the best and and how to suck up and all these things. So that's your ego, right? So 
you know, is there, is there, I mean, it's just like a quick thought I had when you're describing this, is there an element of development to this so that in the first 20 years, you've got to be, in order to learn something that's lethal, you have to just do what you're told, but like 20 years in or 30 years in, is there a different, is there a shift in the senior student's mentality? It's to be a shift in 10 years, but like, the, but the reason why you're supposed to, to answer that way and blindly follow your teacher and do whatever the teacher says is because the teacher looks at you and figures out this is the best thing for Bill. Mm-hmm. And then they go about giving that to you. Yeah. And so Bill might need a smiting because Bill thinks he's smart. So Bill needs this. Bill needs to be beat up. Bill needs to be, um, he has to clean the bathroom uh, while everyone else doesn't have to you know, do all these different things so that because Bill, Bill needs that for his development. And so when the teacher says you do this thing, you, you're trying to train yourself to go hike. Because you're trying to, the reason there's several reasons why you're supposed to blindly follow your teacher, but like you have to, the teacher has to be able to, in less words than necessary, go turn your left foot in. Right. You go, which foot is the, I don't know, Santa, and you start talking and then it's lost. It's lost, but like yeah. you're, you're not in that mode. The teacher has to be able to turn your foot in and then you do it because, because you're so well trained or the teacher shows the technique once. You and, do it. and you catch it because you're so well trained. Because in the beginning of martial arts training, it's so it's you're supposed to be get good at just watching and copying. Right. Min and I Keiko, that you watch and copy, watch and copy, watch and copy, and then you copy it exactly as the teacher or master does it, so that you can make it as perfect as possible. So that later on, the 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 technique, the the art is in your body and in your blood, and then the art will have a uh, next generation. So there's, I think there's a really interesting parallel to what may be the most popular physical exercise, especially when I'm in is yoga. I know that you have studied yoga. I've done it a little bit. What I, what I noticed, because my girlfriend's a yoga teacher, is when we talk about old versus new style and teaching, and I talk about the see and copy, it's like, no, the, mo- the modern way is to have it explained yes. and then do it. Yeah, but the, but the thing is that what we think of as modern yoga is not modern yoga. I mean, it's not yoga. Yoga, there's no music. Right. But today, we have to have music to distract ourselves. Right. We have to go, oh, I love this song by, you know, Funky Groove, everybody. You know, so that people can distract their bodies from the movement. Right. When you're not supposed to do that, you're supposed to become, your mind and body are supposed to become one. So most people who are studying yoga are studying Exercise. Fitness exercise yoga. Right. It's not really yoga. And, and I think that I think there that industry and that that discipline is facing some of the same old versus new things that we're facing. Yeah, I mean, you know, they have the same problem where there's just a rank inflation. People just give them, hey, you're a two hundred hour yoga teacher, which two hundred hours means nothing. Right. Right. So that you know, that's the hard part. Like you're when you want to be, you know, um, What's his name? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell says it's 10,000 hours to become an expert. In Japanese, to become a Takumi expert, 30,000 hours. hours. Right? 30,000 hours, 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours, you think. Oh, my God. And then the Japanese don't say 10,000 hours or 30,000 hours. They say 30,000 days. 10,000 days. So you do the math and you go, that's a lot of hours. And that's why you're supposed to start your art 
on in the sixth year of the sixth month on the sixth day of your life of your life right so whatever that sixth month of your sixth year and the sixth day of that month so you're supposed to start at six years old so when you put in your 30 years and you're an expert you're 36 years old. right you're you're like young middle age right but the thing is that in order to get you to that level that you are an expert at 36, that you need that brutality, yeah. that violence, because you have to shock the person into doing whatever you say. You have to slap them so they go, so that they're they're awake, they're ready to go, they're afraid. Because, it, because again, they're not teachers of old are not thinking about your inner child, your you know. There's no coddling. No, because there's no time. Right. And so that's the hard part where people today, in those days, you beat them into submission. When I was, a, when I was a student, they would beat it out of you. Yeah. So anything, anything you had that was a problem. Got beat out of you. You, 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 you're afraid to roll, beat it out of them, right. throw them 50 times. They're, they're afraid to go up against big people. You are going to go with him the whole class. Right. You know, whatever you confront think, your fears, confront your Things that are holding you. I don't even know if confronts. I think confronts too light of a word. It's it is beat it out of you. Right. Oh, you have a problem. Oh, they're gonna beat it out of you. Right. You have co weird color hair. Don't come back unless that your hair's you know normal color. And then what? They just beat beat you up and you go height, or you just don't come back. Do you think this is a totally random thought? But it really came to me while you were talking. Do you think that the post pandemic where people are now working from home? It's kind of like a new situation. Does it affect the ability for the traditional style of Aikido where people went to work every day, they go to practice every day, and now like things are just completely crazy different. And so having that structure is harder because people don't have it in their regular life anymore. Well, it's not that it's a structural problem. Is that I work in downtown LA. I get off at five o'clock, nine to five, right? I want to go home, but man, look at that traffic. So if I drive home in traffic, it's an hour and a half. I might as well just go to the dojo and then get home for 30 minutes. Nah, that seems like a better use of my time. Right. So now that you're not coming to downtown LA, it's a big calculus. Now I got to get in the car and I got to drive 30, 40 minutes to the dojo. I don't know, because this Seattle doesn't really fit into your lifestyle anymore. But remember, in the old days, you did not work. You worked at the dojo. Your job was to do some way or something, some and, and take care of the dojo, do the weeding, uh, grow the vegetables and all those things, right? So, so today you don't have that. Right. You know, and like you, in the old days, the students ha had no money. So the teacher paid for everything. The teacher fed you, clothed you. Housed you. Yeah. And then how did the teacher do that? The teacher was probably, because there wasn't very many teachers. Upper class. The teacher had a patron and the patron would come and give money or leave money at a certain place. So, so the teacher wouldn't have to have a job, usurp their dignity to have a school. So this famous person or wealthy person would go there and leave money and you go, oh, uh, well, since it has 20 students, oh, that's probably, well, here's, you know, $200. And then that's what, um, well, since his wife would use to feed these people because you have a patron, but today you don't have patrons, right. you have customers. Oh, it's so happy and glad that this person joined and paid their dues. Oh, they paid their dues again. That's so happy, right? right? Because if not, you're, there's no place to go. And that's why a lot of, that's the thing that's hurting martial arts perhaps is that all the great teachers have to have real people jobs. 
So no one could be a full-time Aikido teacher. And because no one could be a full-time Aikido teacher, no one could be a full-time Aikido student. Right. And then what happens? The art suffers. Right. The level goes down. The level, yeah, the level goes down. The edge. You have to be ready. You have to be with your teacher all the time so that if someone ever attacked the teacher, you could defend the teacher's life because the teacher's life is more important than your own because your te the teacher is trying to keep the art alive. Right. But today you don't have that. You go, okay, Sensei, see you later. See you later, Dave. Shut the door. You just drive away. And then your car flips over eight times. But see, like that too, Furu Sensei taught us in a very old school way. Right. Like when we went to dinner, we have to all go to dinner, even though we drove separate cars, and then we have to all drive back to the dojo. Right. And then we wait till Sensei goes inside, and then we can all go home. Right. And that, Sensei started doing that after the um, editor or publisher of Black Belt Magazine or Inside Kung Fu Magazine got killed. You ever heard that story? No, I don't know that story. So supposedly they're going to ABC Seafood, which is right up the street here. Yeah, right. And um, the publisher or editor of Black Belt Magazine or Inside Kung Fu Magazine had a meal with these karate teachers or martial artists. And so when they left the restaurant, the publisher or person went one way and the martial arts teachers went the other way. And then he goes bugged and killed. Oh. And so Sensei was like, that's old school. You have to walk the person to their car. You have to drive them to their house and wait for them to go inside. You have to, when you drop them off, you have to wait for them to go inside and, 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 and you know, unlock the door and go inside. So like as a student, we had to, if we went to dinner, we all went to dinner and then we had to come back to the dojo. And then you're hoping that Sensei would just go, okay, good night and go inside and not start talking. You're like, oh my God, it's one o'clock in the morning, Sensei, please go inside. That's old school method, yeah. old school style that when you walk with the Sensei, you have to walk in like a diamond formation around the teacher, one on each side, one in front, one in back, because the teacher can't get killed because the teacher is supposed to transmit the, the art, transmit the art to the next level, right? And so the highest ranking, most strongest person is in the front and back, and then the middle junior people are on the sides. They go, well, why don't you put the lowest ranking fodder student in the front? You go because there's only four of you, and right? Then those levels, white belts or people who aren't skillful aren't allowed to be, have a close relationship with the teacher. Right. So they would never be there. So it would only be head student, second head student, third head student, fourth head student, and then they would walk in a, in a formation around the teacher. But I think that there there is something that at least here, because we can't really speak for other dojos, but um, you found a way, I think, to teach hard, teach di hard difficult things while at the same time at least student to student, of having a good student community. I guess, but I mean, even then, like you're not supposed to eat the last, last. I know. S less serving or less dumpling. Etiquette and polite. I see people do it all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? Or you fill, you know, the old days you weren't supposed to fill the teacup to the top. You're supposed to fill it to where there's enough room to grab the teacup. It isn't hot. And the person doesn't burn them their fingers and then burn their lip, right? But people just fill all over the top, man. More is better. Or when I was a student, you couldn't, um, we would go to dinner with Sensei and you couldn't order drinks. So Sensei would, you know, if we went to, we went to Chinese a lot, so Sensei would just get water and tea. And then everybody would hype. Water and tea. No one said, I'll get a Coke or I'll have a beer. No way. Yeah. The the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. You go, I'll take a beer or I'll, and you start ordering. Sensei looks at you and then like, that, no. that whole hour he's riding you and you're like, I should just not. Or, so they never just sat there. 
only when I became like I became a senior and I had a certain relationship with Sensei, I would be like, oh, I'm gonna order Coke. Everybody, what do you guys want? You want Cokes? You want? And there'd be people would be like, all right, fine. And I go, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it because I already did it. You know, but like you didn't, everything you did could draw the teachers you know, higher, higher. And then you didn't want that. So you, you did whatever he said. He ordered, he ordered for everyone. He didn't order drinks. He didn't do that either. So Sensei, what was your, you had to like think about this. What what was your favorite or you think the most effective part of old school? Because I think there's still some old school components here. But when you look back on the 34 years and you're like, oh my God, we're talking about old versus new. What did you think was the best part of the old system? Something about how Sensei, like Sensei never said kill each other. Right. He never said beat up these people. He never said... um be a jerk to each other, but there was just something about it where he made everyone train hard and he, and he made it a martial art and, and you went places, you didn't go, I do Aikido. You're like, I do Aikido. Yeah. But today you go, I do Aikido. And everybody in the room lost. Ha ha ha. Aikido fake. Oh my God. And you have to like sit there going, ha, ha, ha. yes. Yeah. It is fake. You guys are right. Like when I walk in the room and someone goes Aikido. So I, I go, what did you say? Right. You want to go? And then they're like, oh, this guy's crazy, right? Like, yeah. My calligraphy teacher told me, he goes, before I met you, he's a Japanese calligraphy teacher. He said, I always thought Aikido was for uh, women and old people. Yeah. He's like, but after I met you, he's like, I really gained respect for Aikido because you do it as a martial art. And I'm like, yeah, the other people. So to some sense, like for sensei and then through yourself, this this creation of this energy that the students tap to train really, really hard. Yeah. That's something that, that flows from the teacher. Uh, yeah, it, it does. And then, you know, when people ask me what Fruit Sensei's style is, like it's hard for me to kind of pinpoint what his style is. Well, his style is he it's is a mental component. Deathly serious about everything that he does. Yeah. It's the it's really the mental component. Yeah. And so you make you could not walk up to Sensei and, and just start small talking him. Hey, I read this book by you, you know. Ulysses S. Grant, and this is go, what is it about? Tell me about it. Uh, I mean, I well, I just saw it. And then right. say, you so you're just walking up and just, and then you just tore it on down. Yeah. Trash you. So, yeah, you can never come at him with any type of BS, comment. stupid comment, suck up, um, show offness. Oh my God. Like, I used to have this uh, Emerson quote on my email at, at the end. Man, he lit me up about it, and then he went on his Yahoo group and, and then lit you up some more. This this person, and they didn't name my name, but man, he lit me up. And you're just like, dude, it's just a quote in an email. But yeah, you couldn't you couldn't come to him with any type of bullshit. You couldn't, you know, or or fakery that you're trying to suck up to him. He would just go off on you. Yeah, you know. And so I remember that you're afraid, right? So you're you're serious about. You, you learn how to be serious. But then, I mean, I learned the first couple times. Like, I think I told this before. I was, someone, I was talking to someone outside. And then Sensei said, what are you guys talking about? And I just casually went, oh, we're talking about how Aikido doesn't work. And, sh and you should you should cross-train with Shotokan. And then Sensei went off at me. And I was like, oh, why did I say we? Right, right. It was him. I wasn't, I was just listening. Oh, my God. So, and then I learned how to take a breath. Knock on, take a breath, figure out what I'm going to say, 
knock on the door and be like, hello, sensei, I need to talk to you about right. this specific thing for this specific thing. Do you have time right now to speak to me about it? Right. No. Okay. I will get, I will get back, get back to you and just bail. But if you said, I want to talk about this thing, you go, don't you barge in here? I'm busy. And then he goes off on you. And then you're just like, why don't I do that? So you had to like, before you knocked the door, you had to take a breath. I, I would do this. I don't know about other people. <sighs> okay. I want to say this and this, and I want to talk about this. And I got to be polite. Knock on the door. Come in. Uh, good morning, sensei. I need to speak to you about, you know, plumbing. Do you have time right now? No. Um, okay. I will get back to you today. Okay. And just exit the room. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I was thinking is that it, this reminds me, I mean, I, Having been, I'm a former university teacher, and I was there in the mid-teens of 2000. And then there is there is a movement in, in a lot of universities about microaggressions. If you say something, it's like words are violence. People are very worried about offending people. You could never be in our dojo in the old days and have that mentality because you got excoriated, yelled at, beaten up on like microaggression. Everything was full-on aggression. <laughs> Well, but that's the thing. The teacher is trying to create adherence. So yeah, they only want the people that adhere because time is of the essence. Well, I also think be a little bit of toughness. Like, don't don't be a flower. I don't know if it's toughness as 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 a focus. You did that to create that toughness, right? But you, I mean, I learned how to speak to people, and so what I, you know, a job, yes. I knock on the door and I say, "Excuse me, may I talk to you about this thing? Do you have time?" And then, you know, they're like, oh, you're so nice and polite. I'm like, oh, I was like, I learned. I have no idea. <laughs> I learned this at the end of the slop, right? And right. But that, but that's the thing is that you you can't really learn. Can The question is, can you really learn in this woke society? I, I don't I don't know. I think it's very hard. I mean, it's certainly hard to teach old style. Well, well what is old style, right? Like, I mean, when I was a little kid, my dad punched me in the face. Yeah, that's a bad old style. But I mean, I never did the thing he marked. He t he was hitting me for ever again, yeah. right? And so, when since he yelled at me, and the first five to ten times when I would just come in and blurt something out, that day, and then he would just go off on me, and I'm like, oh my god. What do you think? What do you think about respect? Because I think that the the unique dynamics of Aikido practice, like respect, has to be a key element well, of that practice etiquette maintains traditions right. right but we have to we also have to look at these etiquettes and traditions and say update them, update them today are they relevant today i mean when i was a student you could not give sensei a gift it was cash food um it had to be something which was ephemeral kind right. of it couldn't be anything concrete you couldn't give him a watch you couldn't give him a knife you couldn't right. give one time i gave him a, a gift card to Barnes and Noble for Christmas. And he goes, you think I read any books that are Barnes and Noble? That's, and then he just went on this whole tirade about um, corporate bookstores ruining America. And when, and you're like, dude, I said, you know, and then, he, and then, and then he gave it back to me and said, no, thank you. At Christmas, and I, at Christmas, you're like, damn, dude, like, okay, but I can never do that. Right. Taylor would be like, hey, I love Barnes and Noble. Thank you so much. Right. And then I have to write them a kind thank you note. Hey, I'm so thank you, thankful for the way that you, you know, that you're not allowed to be like that to people. But then I learned 
so that I learned how to gift give. So I look at the person, look at their wearing, stuff that they buy, things they talk about, and I try to find the right gift for them. Right. For it to make sense. But I learned that when my my own martial arts teacher went off on me about Bard's Noble gift card. See, one thing that I think that's super interesting about you know, we just talk about etiquette or making things appropriate to the context is um in this world where there's a lot of social conflict, that that etiquette and especially the, the unique relationship between Uke and Nage, um, maybe it's differently than other martial arts. Like it's, there's a lot of relevance from the old lessons to the new environment that we're in. It there is, but then how do you get someone to want that? I mean, it kind of just organically happens in the old way. So like I love giving handwritten cards, right. Christmas cards. But I learned that from my own teacher because I was with him at the Glendale Galleria, but when it was really, really popular, and we went into this this um, high end stationery store, and he meticulously picked out these like awesome cards. Christmas cards, and then I thought I want to do that too, and then so I started buying Christmas cards and sending them to people's handwriting, everything and all the stuff because it's something I saw my teacher do that I thought was awesome. Right. But today, people don't spend time with their teacher. So they don't get to learn, they don't see, they don't learn the hidden lessons. Yeah. The, the gifts that they give, like I get these gifts from people and I'm like, did you even think about this? But I don't say anything. I just go, thank you. And then my mom, I go, what the hell was that? You know, they, you know, like I'll say, people go, I'm going to France, you know, I'm going to Italy. Do you want me to bring anything? I go, just bring something to put it. Also my, you know, the, Offering just true sense. Right. And the stuff that they bring, I'm like, dude, I said it's an offering, man. Right. I don't need a log of cheese. Where am I going to, I can't give that as an offering. And I go, I don't even eat cheese either. So it's like, oh my God, is this person an idiot or something? You know, and they think this is ridiculous. But like I said, just bring something small back that we could put in the true sense's altar as an offering or also my. And they go, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then they bring this log of cheese. You know, they think, dude, or, or large bottle of wine, and I go, well, you know, like Twinkies, right? So you could just you could have just bought one cookie. Yeah, one cookie. And it's you know, but they bring like a freaking log of cheese or a big thing of wine, and I go, I don't know what I do with this. So I just regift it. They go, thanks, and then I just regift it to Maria or something. Right. But that's that's the thing is that the old school method, you're afraid of the teacher. Right. You're trying your best to. I'm not satisfied is not the right word, but you're, you're live trying to live up to being, a, it was a big deal to say, I am for a sense, a student. Cause, cause if you said, I'm for a sense, a student and you weren't, we beat you up. Right. So that wasn't something that you, you would take lightly, you know, like when for a sense, he was alive, people used to come train one day, take a picture with him and then put on the internet. They're his student. So for a sense, he stopped taking pictures. It's for a sense, they cultivated, a very strong style of teaching and a strong style of practice. I mean, I could attest to this is a very tiny story, but I was working in Singapore for an extended period of time, my early days as a lawyer, and I trained in Singapore since they told me who to go to and all that. And then I'm, I'm putting my hakama on in the dressing room, and the senior student reads the Japanese, and he's like, oh my God, you're from Fria Dojo. And it was like, all this layer of expectation, pursuit of excellence, commitment, like people like recognize that. 
And then, and then you're like, I better not screw up this class and come off as a weak student. Like I, re I remember like every night I went as hard as I could go because I didn't want word to get back to Ferris and say that I suck. <laughs> but see, like that's the thing that they don't, you know, like the other day I was talking with someone in another country that I asked him, who is your teacher? Right. And he said, Christian Tissier. And I said, have you ever met Christian Tissier? And he said, no. And I go, yeah. dude, he ain't your teacher, dude. He's never been to a seminar. He just watches his videos. He's, and I said, who is your teacher? He said, Christian Tissier. And I go, have you ever met him? No. Yeah. You think, what? How can you call that person your teacher? Like, And that's funny because when people would come from the outside, Sensei would be really nice to them. And then they would say, well, Frius is your teacher. And then I would say, did Frius ever yell at you? No, he's not your teacher then. Right. Because the teacher has to yell at you for you to, for you to be, recognized. be recognized as the teacher. But do you, do you know why? No. What's, what's, the, what's the logic behind it? The logic behind it, I think, I don't know. This is just my, what I conjecture, figure, kind of figured out is that mistakes are the most honest thing that you can do. Hmm. Interesting. Anyone could suck up to the teacher. Anyone can stand up tall. Anyone could do the right thing when no one's, well, they, not, not when no one's looking, but like you, you're like, oh, that's the right thing and do it. Anyone can, can fake it doing the right thing, but no one ever fakes a mistake. They're, they're legit. Yeah. yeah. You know, you'd have to be a psychopath to <laughs> fake this mistake, to create this thing, to do this thing, to do something, all the you'd be a psychopath. But the most honest thing that you can do is make a mistake. And then the teachers got you. Right. Right. I said, pour the water in on the left side. And you poured it on the right side. Now the humidifier is damaged. Right. What's your story? And then you go, oh, I wasn't paying attention. Ah, caught you. That's the most, a mistake is the most honest thing you can do. But see. Because I think I was hearing this earlier conversation you had with another student about not only is this mistake honest, but there was a style, especially with Bruce and say that he would correct and almost more than instruct. It's like, don't do that. Move this way. Well, because it's te it's technical, right? right? So a correction, you know, for, for instance, we'd always talk about it as being a correction, right? But but we take it as a scolding, we take it personal. But for instance, it's like it's a correction. I'm correcting, right? It's not your personal. foot needs to be right here. Your back needs to be straight. And then as a student, you're supposed to be listening. So like, what happens is that like like for instance, and I had a very difficult relationship, so he never corrected me directly. So you had to listen. So what I had to do is that I had to live vicariously through others. And then when free sense, he corrected them. I made sure that I was Maybe doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But people today don't do that. They go, Oh, Bill got corrected. No, you should think to yourself, do I do that? Am I that person? Mm. Steal it. Yeah. Steal it. Yeah. That that's, you know, you got to steal the technique, but today we have to tell them everything. Right. And so when the teacher yells at you, the teacher corrects you, the teacher scolds you, that's for your own good. So that's the old school method. That's why I said at the beginning, both are done with a student focus. So today they, uh, I mean, the old days, they corrected you, yelled at you. It's for your own good. Do you think there was an element also of the yelling? I wasn't in the military. I don't think you were in the military. But there's an element, like if you watch something like boot camp, where the the aggressiveness and the, the, the constant criticism um like helps you develop this mentality where you're not like easily 
damage. Well, yeah, you're supposed to develop thick skin. Right. Right. But the hard part is that you, you develop animosity. So one of the things I think about too is like there's not only this thick skin, but if you ever are in a conflict, you 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 have to get you have to win the the mental battle first. Yeah, and I I mean, there is a whole thing about that. Like I, I was having lunch with Kojima Sensei at another time, and he told me that when you're a junior priest and you come into the temple, even though you've been indoctrinated and you moved and you, you the senior priest is always mean to you and harsh on you, and I said. What? Why? Why? He said, destroy their own good. I said, what if they don't need it? He goes, oh, everyone needs it. <laughs> and then I said, but doesn't that create animosity between the senior and junior? He goes, oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I go, but isn't that bad for the, the temple? He said, hey, um, parents who have two children, oftentimes two children grow up to be completely different people. Right. Same thing with the temple. It, and I said, well, what if they, there's animosity? He goes, if there's animosity, now you know where you, you need to put in the work. Wow. And he goes, wow, that's brutal, man. It is brutal. But that's the thing is that when I was a student, and I think I've talked about this before, I hated Fruit Sensei. Yeah. I trained so hard so that I could beat him. But see, he somehow lit the fire. So that's where they say, the, the student has eg willfulness, and then you're supposed to t- change that to konjo, fighting spirit. Mm. And so the teacher, the easiest way to do that is for the teacher to be your enemy, right. be hard to be your opponent. And then you're like, I'm going to beat him. And then in route to beating that person, you arrive. You develop. You develop. And so that's the hard part that, you know, you have the teacher has to be kind of your 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 enemy because, or the head students. Right, whoever, but but there's got to be someone for you to beat. Because if you there's no one for you to beat, you never grow. Yeah, I'll never grow. You know, one of the things I think about, like for my own life, as a person in the corporate culture, there's a new movement to combination of things with respect to reviews. One is to do 360 reviews, where your boss gives you input and then you write back if the boss. And then the other one is that there's no reviews at all. Because people respond so badly yeah. to reviews, so I think one of the things about the old school culture of Aikido is it's like you you lose that personal animosity to being criticized if you do it long enough because you couldn't keep practicing if you kept saying oh, I'm a bad person, I'm terrible. Um, but I, I see it in the in the work world. The work world is really moving away from almost any criticism at all. Well, but that see like that's the if you're not criticized, then you don't know how to do a better job. Right. But the thing is that when they have you, when you they review you and you're reviewing yourself, they're hoping that you're stupid enough to give away something where you go, well, I really should not take uh, an hour and 20 minutes for lunch. So that you think is innocuous. And then they go, caught you. Right. right? So like you, you get good at, at humble bragging and... Um, fake humility. Oh, well, I really shouldn't stay three hours over, you know, because my toxic trait is to do a good job. You think, no, like that's, that's the thing. The teacher, the reason why the teacher is brutal to you is they're trying to reveal who you truly are. And so that's why they catch you making a mistake because that's the most honest thing. Right. And then that reveals your true heart and then your true heart ends up being the thing that you're going to use to betray the teacher, betray the art, um, 
be lazy or whatever it is. And the teacher needs to know because they have to eradicate that negative trait from your personality before it's too late. And that's why they have to smash your ego until the day before they die or the day after they die, right? This was so the idea is that the teacher suppresses your ego and smashes you down, smash temp, temping, tamping you down, bam, bam, bam. And then the teacher dies the whole time. The teacher's like, you're horrible. You're the worst. You have it. And then the teacher dies. And then everyone goes, dude, what do we do? And you go, I'm not the teacher. And they go, dude, you're the teacher now. And then you go, oh, I am the teacher now. So the teacher, they, the teacher did all this work to suppress your ego. So you wouldn't, when the time was right, you wouldn't, your head wouldn't go, get all huge. And then you get all crazy. That's what happened when, for instance, he died. The person that we um, made the chief instructor, he had been gone for a long time, lost his mind. You know, and you think, and some of the students lost their minds too. I love it. People were like, I'm your senior. I've been here longer than you. And I go, yeah, but you quit. You, you stopped training. I have never stopped training. Right. They go, oh, well, you know, and then they try to like throw their Aikido magic on me and then they got smashed. And then they're like, oh, I guess you are. One person said, I heard you got strong. After free sense of the person came back, I heard you got strong. And then we did Rotimochi. And then I, I resisted. And they go, do you did get strong? And I'm like, yeah, what do you think, man? You've been gone for five years or longer. Yeah. It's, but that's that's that thing that the teacher does all these things to suppress your ego so that when the time comes, your ego is in check. Right. And it'll be in the right mental state. Right. Step up. And then, but if they don't, you think you're God's gift to Aikido, flower arranging, tea ceremony, whatever it is, and then you're going to kill the art. And then the teacher didn't do their job. And that's the problem of today. People say and do things to me today, and I go, I should smash this down. And then I go, Can't do it. They're too old. They're too this. Who's just hanging out? Okay. And then I just suffer through it. Right. Because also, those, some of those people aren't the one. But what ends up happening is that it becomes a epidemic because one one bad apple spoils the butt. And that's why I always talk to you guys about not doing that. Don't be like that. Don't say those things because they see you do it and then they're going to act like doing it. You know, like um, one, two, two people used to beat up this one student when he was a white belt and then he became a black belt. And then I saw him, I saw him throttling people and I took him aside and I said, Hey, man, do that. why not only that? I just said, those people used to do that to you and they were wrong. Right. Don't turn around and do it to others because He's just doing what they did, which is what I did too. They beat me up and then I in turn beat other people up too. But that's wrong. Right. Right. Because again, it's not, it's mindless. You're just acting out your, your uh, upsetness on other people. So do you think that that's an enlightened position you came to after becoming a teacher about that? Because I'm trying to think of like, what are the things that are new that you think are valuable? And I'm wondering if this one of them. I don't know if that's, well, I definitely spend a lot of, time with the students well first i say spent little time. almost no time with me I'm, i might have driven in places done stuff with them but like the whole drive he didn't say a word right. and then i knew my place and so i didn't go hey sensei so about that eating me nage thing i was like look you keep your mouth shut then there's there's a, a very high likelihood he'll leave you alone right. 
I do trots. Yeah, what you want. You don't want you to go off on me. Because yeah. like when Fruit Snacks was a student at Home Dojo, him and his friend were walking down the street and they and they're walking and then the friend grabbed Sensei and pulled him into an alley. So he's like, what are you doing? He goes, dude, you see Doshu? And then Doshu walked by and they go, who oh, my God. Because if Doshu sees you, he might see something and then go off on you because right. that's the old school way. So yeah, like, you know, I'm driving Sensei. Like I go, I'm not saying nothing. You know, but people today are like, hey, so uh, do you think the Lakers are going to win this year? And I go, what? And then I go off. I'm like, you don't even like the Lakers. And you just yell at them. And, you know, but like someone did that to me once. Where we were at a restaurant. He looked up and he goes, you started telling me about the Lakers. And I was, I used to be a huge Lakers fan. And I was like, what? I just went off on them. But like, so today it's like, I spent a lot of time talking to people. Well, hey, don't be like that. Hey, I, I spent a lot of time coaching people. Which Sensei never did. Never did. I don't even know if he did it with Watanabe. Maybe he did. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he did, but he never did it with me. You know, so, but I, I try to. I go, hey, or and I also see things where I go, oh, here's an example of how good you're getting. You could be good at Aikido. Right. Sensei never said that to me. He wouldn't say that to anyone, probably. He's just, you're horrible. You should just kill yourself. You know, and so you just laugh, right? The joke, the old joke was your left foot, your left foot, your other left foot. Oh, you should just kill yourself. But the funny thing is, every one of the students that's been here a long time, they all remember your other left foot, kill yourself. Or, you know, just by some version of that. Or it never happened to me. Did it ever happen to you? I don't know, but I know that I heard it. I've I've heard it, but many, many times. Two of my high school friends did Aikido, and in the sixth month, both of them got the other left foot. Got the other left foot. Quit. I mean, I, I kind of have to sometimes make sure that I don't say it because people still make the same mistakes. So they'll, their feet will be wrong. They'll go to the wrong foot. And I'm like, I mean, I, I actually see it. People are supposed to be moving one side and they're moving the other. Yeah, but that's that's this whole idea of using humility to create change. Right. To create adherence. That's not popular right now. Did was it ever popular? Did you want like one time I squirted Sensei with the hose? You remember this story? By accident, right? By accident. Yeah, I remember that story. And then I, I, you know, I was washing down, and then two visitors came, and then Sensei came outside, and then he, he grabbed the hose and pulled it out of my hand, and we kind of struggled with those, and the hose squirted him, and then the visitors started laughing, and then afterwards I took, I took him to the parking lot, and then I came back, and then Sensei chased me all over the alley trying to squirt me with the hose, and then. Because those guys laughed, I pounded them. I was I was such a jerk to him because I was so mad that that Sensei got squirted and that I they laughed. And so now whenever Sensei would come out and try to grab the hose, I always pointed it at myself. Because better that I get squirted than him. But the whole point of that story is that afterwards, Sensei told everybody that I squirted him. And that all these people made fun of me. And then said, Sensei said, I told everyone so that he would never do it again. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure enough. So whenever he went to grab the hose, I always pointed it at myself. So that at least I got squirted and he did not. But like you learn, right? So like this idea of using humiliation to create adherence, your left foot, your left foot, your other left foot. Oh my God, you should just quit. Kill yourself. You know, that, that person's humiliated because then everyone's, because then you have these, um, you know, chicken people laughing because Sensei said said something mean to you. 
You know, like today when people laugh, I see some, if I were to do that and someone would laugh, I would go, what is your, I would go off on them. You know, it's interesting. Like I think of, um, when you're talking about going off on people, I remember like of all the years of my training, the most memorable sensei memory I have is I was on the, I mean, I'm sometimes I late to Aikido for the work, but in the weekends, I pretty much was on time. But at Yaido, I remember one time and there was stupid acts along the way coming from Newport. I was like three minutes late and I sat in the car and I was like, do I go in or do I not go in? Because he always, he was worse in Yaido than he was in Akio. Like he was even like double sensei. I remember I'm like, here, I'm going to walk in. And I walk in and he like lit me up like fireworks. Like, I mean, I was like, oh crap. And then he's like, and now I do 1000 Saburi. And I mean, I don't know that I've ever done 1000 Saburi with my sword. I have done it with a bouquet. And I remember right around 600, I was cramping and the whole thing. He looks at me, he's like, oh my God, you're so pathetic. And he's like, just stop. I can't watch you make a massacre of Saburi. But that, that I mean, I remember the feeling. I was like, I was like one minute late. I was like, it's probably not worth it going in. And then I went and I, that was the most lit up he ever lit me up. And it was bad. I mean, I was like, oh God. But see, what you don't realize is that he showed you compassion. In what way? He told you to stop at 600. Yes, it's true. But the thing is, the two ways to look at it is that he was being mean to me, maybe do a thousand subiri, and then he humiliated me, and then st I stopped. Or he came over, made a, a joke about it, and then showed me compassion and allowed me to stop because he realized he was being mean. See, that, and that's the hard part is that most people look at it as he was just being mean. Right. Like even me, like I look back on my training. I mean, I was a free sensei he was for 17 years on one day. And the things that he did to me, I go, oh my God. Horrible. They're horrible. They're on need. You know, they were they lacked compassion. But today, I never do that to others. So it was a very good lesson. Yeah. You know, like the mean the meanness that Sensei showed me, I would never do to someone. You know, so it it had to happen so that I wouldn't be that way. So if you could look at it, if you could only see things with sober eyes and think gosh that really trained me so now you, you try not to be late right it, you you learn to think ahead you learn to all these different things because those lessons you learned at the end of the slap right, right? and then you have to sit there and think how do i do that to other people today but that requires a pretty high level of self-reflective ability oh yeah which no one has yeah. that's not popular I, I i would say that on a certain level, and I'm not tooting my own horn, I'm probably the only one. Dude, when my mom was dying, they said they called and said, You have to come to the hospital tonight. It's gonna she's gonna die tonight. Right. So we run to the hospital. I get in the room, my brothers are crying, my mom's crying, and they're all saying, Oh, it was a bad uh uh son, I was a bad mom. And they're all crying and saying this over a bad son, a bad mom. And I go, Whoa, hey everyone. Take a breather. Yeah. Mom's not dead yet. Why don't we talk about the things that we remember that we Mark were good, we enjoyed, and our fondest memory? Dude, they looked at me like, who the F are you? Mm, interesting. And then they, ah! and they just kept doing it. I was like, whoa. So, I mean, it's just my, I learned that in Aikido, that I try to look on the brighter side of it, but I always didn't, though. But today I try to look at it and think, yeah, Sensei did these mean things to me, but look what I got from it. Look at this thing. Oh, that I didn't get that thing. Oh, but look what happened. Look what came about. Okay, well, 
I guess it wasn't the worst thing in the whole wide world. It it sucked. It was mean. But I go, oh, yeah, okay. I get it now. You know, it made me who I am today. I think that's true. I think it's true. I mean, I I, I mean, I think of like the the hard, almost the hardest, other than like my parents passing away, the hardest lessons. I think the most, the requiring of the most self-reflectiveness and willing to change was in practice. Yeah. And I mean, I was spoiled as a kid. My parent, I mean, I did really well, like in school and work, but I was still really, really spoiled. So like the treatment from Sensei was really alien for me. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I do think that, you know, now looking back on all those years that there was the thing that I think of the most you kind of hit on it earlier. I think of it as excellence. Like he was relentless about excellence. And that's like, even now people are like, I mean, you want me to be relentless about excellence? That's a really hard to do, but he did it. And, and the people that are still here that started under him, I think there's a higher level of commitment to excellence or at least trying. I, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, but like it sets a, it didn't win him any points. It didn't keep students. No. It didn't, you know, I mean, on a certain level, it, it, it made his life a little bit sad. Yeah. Right? Because you're forcing everyone to live at their best. And so because they're not living at their best, they're just not going to show up. Right. So what happens most times is if they showed up three minutes late, they wouldn't even have come in. Right. Because they didn't want the tongue lashing or the ass kicking. And then they just go, that's all right. Right. They just went to breakfast. So, what's what's how do you create balance? How do, what's the most important thing, right? So, like that's the hard part. Like, what do you do today? And how, how do you say to say these things to people? I mean, you learn to block because someone hits you it's in the face. Right. So, if no one ever hits you in the face, you never really learn to block. And then when the time comes for you to block, not that there's any blocking in Aikido, you can't block. Right. And so what do you do today? You know, how do you live your life and, and how do you teach people Aikido with the openness of learning is now placed upon the shoulders of the teacher to create the program, which creates excellence inside of you. Since they forced me to be good, I had no choice. If I wanted to beat them, I had to be excellent. Right. So I, everything I did, I tried to to have this level of grind and excellence and grit so that I could beat him. But if no one's trying to beat me, how are they going to get good? That's the thing I don't understand. I don't know. I can't go, well, this is how you roll. No, you got to roll thousands of times to get that roll perfect. There's nothing I can say or do which will get shorten you to that. that. Yeah, shorten that a thousand times you got to roll. Right? So... But I, but I do, you know, I do think that this, per, I mean, pursuit of excellence, you can have it in your job, you can have it in your relationships, you can have it in your friendships. But I do think that, that for instance, it did it in our JoJo still does it, which is like excellence matters. Like there's a lot of people in the world that are like, look, I just want to get by whatever it is, their job, their relationship. They're just like, I don't want any conflict. I don't want any, I just, I just want to go to go along to get along. And being excellent in whatever you do, I think the thing that you're like really talking about is this ability to be attentive, concentration, uh, submit, you know, suppress your ego, 
all these things which were, you know, really beaten into you under the old method, they're still really good things though, because it doesn't matter what your discipline, if you're trying to be a good lawyer, good doctor, good acupuncturist, like you've got to like know what works and what doesn't work. But how do you instill those traits in people? You can't, they're not, they are not teachable, but they are learnable. So we terrorized you know, the old way they terrorized you and you're getting good today you have to go eh, i wouldn't mind getting good and putting some throwing some time at this thing no man you gotta like eat sleep and breathe aikido to get yeah, good at aikido so that if anyone ever does anything you throw them down pin them down do all these things right you know that uh, how do you give that to people i mean where do you, where do you, how do you teach, how do you get them to learn that when they're like, eh, I only come on Wednesdays. The pursuit of excellence is a, is a holistic quality of your existence. If you commit yourself to like, if you're really committed to excellence in one area and whatever it is, you're going to see your lack of excellence and the other things. And you're going to want to bring everything up to that same level. I do believe that. Yeah. But then that's, but what do you, how do you, if, if it's my job to make you good, how do I get you to get those traits? Well, I think the one thing that is new that you've talked about is like, but I think for instance, I did this too. So I don't know if it's old or new, but this understanding each person. So I do think that that's like, if you understand what a person's challenge is and you're like, you got to sit in a room with snakes for 48 hours and you can't leave under no, so like you're either going to get comfortable with sitting with the snakes or you probably have a mental breakdown. But hopefully you'll get comfortable with the snakes. Yeah, but no one ever gets comfortable. And then what ends up happening is that when your when your star falls from grace, they jump aboard. And they go, "He made me sit with snakes. I want to be a part of this two point one million dollar settlement." Right. And then you go, "I was doing this to make you good. It wasn't per right." And the, that's why the thing is that the hardest part about being a teacher is that the teacher does not get to choose their students. Right. Students choose their teacher, but the teacher doesn't get to choose the student. The teacher can choose to accept that student, but really until it's people walk through the door, you, you're you waiting for them. I think there's an old school element to this that I remember because I started with a different teacher who brought me here and said, study here. And this is what he said. So I know it's a drive. He said, but the most important thing and traditional martial art is to get the right teacher. Well, the best teacher you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The best. But I mean, you really did say to me, he's like, I'm not the guy to be doing that. This is the person you should be studying with. I was like, wow. Um, and then he said like the most, the, the single most important thing in your martial arts training is having the right teacher. I mean, yeah. the best teacher. But then who today is a really good best teacher? It's subjective. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard question, but it's still, I still think the idea of excellence is one we should pursue. Like, you want to have, if you're going to learn something, you want to learn it from the person who's the best. Right, but but, but you're one of these crusty 55-year-olds. I know, I, I know. Right? You're not a 25-year-old who goes, hey, man, uh, Aikido is Aikido. It doesn't really matter. I'm only going to be here for three months anyways. And then you go, oh. Well, some of that has to come from the other students. Like, the well, encouragement... But say, hey, man, you you realize like what you got here is really amazing. 
yeah, I mean, you got to see again, you're having to convince them, hey, buddy, you know, I'm going to say what's, you know, this is the, you do your song and dance while well, this is the best place you ever want to go to, you know, like there is no song and dance. You either believe or you don't. Right. Dude, Bruce says he's fat. He was. But dude, what honestly, I didn't know how fat he was until he died. Right. And then we had to get like an extra big hurt coffin and hearse. And then I went, oh, oh my God, as a healthcare professional, what was I thinking? Right. Because all I could see is this dude is so serious, good at Aikido. And if he's good, he probably could make me good. And, you know, I go some other place and I go, that guy's a, that person's a ridiculous teacher. And then I go, well, Free Sensei's a really good teacher. And then, but today you're, you don't have that. They go, well, this is closest to my house. Right. This works within my schedule. They basically pick Aikido teachers like I pick yoga places. Well, it's close to my house and it's good schedule. Got a lot of class. I don't really care what the style is. I just want to do yoga. Right. You know, but like, that's... That doesn't really work with traditional martial arts. No, but that doesn't. But today, what does that mean? What does it mean to be traditional? In my day, there was no cross-training. Right. For said you would not allow you to... You want cross-training? Not here. Leave. Right. Right? But today, you're like, I'm going to add BJJ to Aikido because I... BJJ you know, is a good compliment to Aikido, which it's not. But you hear that today and you go, what? Oh, my God. And they go, oh, yeah, this is how you reverse the technique when your EQ doesn't work. Uh, no, you better make your EQ stronger so it works. But then you have people going, yeah, you try to do EQ. Now you're going to do it. And you go, oh, my God. But then that's what Aikido's become, right? Because Aikido has done it to themselves because there's now too many unqualified teachers. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I have a, a, a degree in teaching. I was a personal trainer for 18 years. I've been teaching Aikido for 15, 16 years yeah, now. 16 years. I think I have so, a lot of background to teach and I, I still go, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, is this the right way? I don't know. And then I hear these people like, 100% of my students, you know, hit their goals. I go, that sounds like a lie to me. Right, but like that's the things like today, because I don't know how to give you fighting spirit. I don't know how to give you stick to itiveness, perseverance. Right. You know all these things that I had to have to beat my teacher because I was not one of his favorites. Yeah. Right, and so if I was going to beat him, I had to be extra hard, extra hard, stay longer, do all these things. Where he's like, I wish Dave would just leave. Like, not, not I'm going to do it. I'm going to beat gonna, you. I'm going to beat you. You know, but like, how do you give that to people? Because again, in the old days, the onus of learning was on the student. Today, it's on the teacher. It's on the teacher. And the teacher cannot give you anything. They cannot, no one can teach you anything. You must learn it for yourself. So if you have to learn it for yourself, how do you do that? When I think there's also like an education for young, younger people in the style of education today is very self-validating as opposed to. But it has to be on a certain level because you're trying to get people not to become discouraged and then they go, well, I never, I, I give up, you know, this person went off of me because I can't do math. And my daughter's going through that today. Yeah. Right. And then you're just going, hey, oh, you got that. All right. Yeah. You're, you're doing okay. You're doing all right. Because you're trying to get her to not hate math. You try to, you, you, people say, oh, yeah, eighth place trophies and participation trophies are ruining this and that. It is and it isn't. It, it's, 
most of these people are never going to become a great soccer player anyways. Right. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to get them to be okay with just trying. Right. And I see it. I, I totally see it. When we pound Mochi, dude, there's no way I would have come out of the crowd and just start pounding in front of everybody. I'd be like, that's okay. No, no. Because I didn't know how to do it. Today we go, anybody want to pound? New people jump out of the crowd. I'll do it. And they suck. But they're having like the greatest time. And they're participating. And they're participating. And I go, oh, that's the participation share for eighth, eighth place person. Right. And that's the thing is the dojo needs those people because they need people to jump in. The person who's always winning goes, I can't win. I don't try. So I never go. Right. The person who's never won goes, oh, I don't want to try. So see, like I can see how it works, but again, the you know participation trophy, eighth place trophy person in soccer is never going to go on to become the, soccer player. the the greatest professional soccer player in the world, but they might become this person who likes wasn't my right around kicking the ball. Right. You know, there's people out there they go, I would never go do Aikido. I don't want to be criticized by other people, so they're never going to try. So because they never try, the art is going to die. But the hardest part is today is to try to find a way to make Aikido and other traditional arts valid in the 21st century. Yeah, I mean, I was really thinking of your initial statement as you were getting to this point of like, what what is the relevancy of Aikido or any martial art? I mean, all of them are suffering. Right. Because, all martial arts Because are violence is looked down upon. Yeah. We don't fight people anymore in the street. Dude, my, my buddy's dad in high school, his dad was like fighting all the time. And his dad was probably 40 or 35 or something like that. And one day he's driving down the freeway and you know, we'd, be, we'd be at the football game and a scuffle would be having his dad would be fighting someone. Oh my God. So one day he's driving down the freeway and some guy, some car cuts him off. He pulls the car over, gets out, and then these three huge black dudes jump out of the car. And he's this little Italian guy. Like, he sees him coming. On. He goes, and he falls down. He goes, uh, 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 like he's having a seizure. They look and they go, oh, shoot. And they jump in the car and drive away. <laughs> he goes, whoo. Got lucky. But the whole point of that is that this person in their you know, early middle age or something like that is still fighting in the street. Right. Today, that person goes to jail. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's definitely then, true. you know, they had a dust up. We walked away from it. No one called the cops. Today, they call the police, you go to jail. So see, like, violence, there's no violence. There's no choking your boss. There's no There's no, There's no. no saying your boss. You want to step outside, right. you go to jail or you lose your job right away. But in the old days, you'd say, it pardoned me, step outside. And you slapped him with your glove and then, you, you know, it was on. But they don't have that anymore. Yeah. So violence doesn't have a place. In, it's not accepted. It, well, it's losing its place in modern society. Yeah. So then- what do you do with it? So you have to change it. It has to transform from jutsu technique to do. to do, a way of life that has this edge. The edge in martial arts is what creates the sharp person. Mm -hmm. Because someone's trying to hit you in the head, you have to be very precise in how you move and then you do all these things. But then that preciseness in how you move becomes preciseness in your life. And then see, like, yeah, it benefits your life. So that's the thing is, like, is traditional martial arts, is Aikido relevant today? On a certain level, yes. On a certain level, no. But it's for people to not 
you know, not think about it as like, yo, Aikido sucks. BJJ, any BJJ person can beat up an Aikido person. Any Taekwondo person can beat up, you know, BJ. It's like, dude, the ability is in the practitioner, not the art, right? Dude, they're, you ever watch cops? These dudes are on drugs going crazy. The cops can't hold them down. Right, that was like six cops yeah. trying to hold one guy down. Yeah, it's I know. I saw a lot of right? And then what happens if someone comes right up to you and goes, you want to do something? And you just gouge out that person's eye. Right. And they jail. go, well, well, you're going to go to jail, but I guess your BJJ or your Aikido or your thing didn't work right. because you weren't able to fend off this guy who just went, I'm sorry, what? And just poked you in the eye. Right. You know, that's that's the thing. Like Today, it's it's... Violence doesn't really have a place. So the violence of Aikido, the violence of traditional martial arts, has to try to un- has to try to to make itself relevant in the 21st century, right? And that's where BJJ is excelling because you go, no man, it's about competition, and then the competition is what makes you a man and all this stuff. And Aikido doesn't have competition because in Aikido, the competition you're having is not with yourself. But then if you don't have any self awareness. There's no possibility for you to have a competition with yourself. Right. So really, it, again, it comes back to the, well, how come you're out fighting people in the street? I don't know, because I don't want to go to jail. Right. You know, Which is a good thing. You don't want you don't want to spend time in jail. You don't need to. Yeah. So, I mean, the main, the, the main similarity in old school versus new school is that they're all centered around developing the student. Self-development. But today, old school, but today... The new school is about the teacher developing the program to, so that the student can get good. And then in the old days, the teacher created created the space for the student to to push themselves to get good. So the onus of learning was on the student. But you know, the hard part is today is to still make a, a martial art because it has to have that edge. The edge is what creates the sharpness, and then but also not destroy people. Uh, punch him in the face. What would you say? Put, punch him in the face or yell at them or or create nicknames for people. I wonder though, like when I think of like the, the violence arc in my life, like from elementary school through early high school, I got in a lot of dust-ups and a lot of scuffs and a lot of like bullies picking on me. And my yeah. dad's like, bully, punch that dude right in the face. And the thing is like, Maybe, you know, by taking all violence out of our life, I don't think people at 30 years old should be throwing it down in the street. Um, But I do think, like, there is an arc of violence that there is an, an illustrative component to it, assuming you're not damaging someone permanently. Yeah, but that's the thing. You, if we advocate that, like, yeah, kids in high school can fight and all these different things, that's where people get hurt right well yeah that's and then we allow that to happen to people that like dude my kids don't want to fight right right? and i don't want anyone fighting with my kids all right and so we're going to allow that because that helps them grow as human beings or but that helps where does it help and where does it hurt the the you know um quarterback of the high school is beating everybody up and then you know he's He's lording over others, but the person who's getting beat up comes, I can't handle this anymore. And then they kill themselves right. or they, they get a gun and they kill everyone. And you go, why did he do that? I don't know. Because guys being a jerk, yeah. because we allow violence unchecked to happen. Now it'd be a different story. If you said every boy and girl learned to, learns to box 
and then you have controlled violence. And then there's this controlled violence. Like in Japan, a lot of a lot of people learn martial arts, right? right. And as a compulsory thing or whatever it is in school. Part of their education. And then so maybe that's just controlled violence. But still, it's this idea that you know, this little kid goes, I don't want to fight it. And you're like, tear his head off. Right. And then the damage it does to you as a human being after being you're having your butt kicked. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, I think that's true. But I also think that that I'm not sure we're teaching this is kind of far afield from all versus you know, but I often wonder like if if parents get involved in all children's conflicts, the children don't know how to solve, they don't learn how to solve really hard conflicts. And part of life is when you're growing up, they're bigger, smaller, different ethnicity, different race. People say and do harmful, terrible shit. And as a life lesson, you need to learn how to navigate that without your mommy coming to school and saying, he called me, you know, a, a, a cracker or whatever it is. And I, I mean, I just, part of me thinks that you know, we can't overcompensate for our children. Yeah, but you have to realize, like, until that person, that child that we're talking about, becomes self-aware, it's not gonna they're gonna resonate. You can't go. You go down there and you punch them in the face. You go down there, and you tell them. They go, I don't know how to do that. Right. Right. So they have to become self-aware. They have to become conscious of themselves to be able to stand up for themselves. Right. So, you know, like the other day. Um, Two students got into a little dust up on the mat, and the more higher ranking student was throwing the white belt down, and white belt got mad. No, the white belt got upset, and then he kept letting it happen, letting it happen, and then he stood up and punched that the oh, the, the black belt person in the stomach, and I go, whoa, okay, break it up, yeah. and then the student walked by me and he goes, I'm sorry, Sensei, I will leave. I go, you don't need to leave. He goes. I'm not in trouble. And I go, no, good for you for sticking up for yourself. But next time, use your words. Because we are supposed to be enlightened beings, right? We're, we are, we're supposed to be above using physical violence to solve our problems. And this person, you know, these two people are already in the late 40s, 50s, and they don't know how to use their words. So your model of, yeah, they should fight it out. They should only see, learn to stand up for yourself. Yeah. Physical violence, but who ends up putting the physical violence thing? Bigger, stronger, faster. Who loses? Smaller, weaker. Yeah. I understand. I so, get it. So the, the thing is that you're trying to, one of the things, like I tell you guys all the time in class, if you don't want to take the Kenny, you don't want to take brain fall, no. I say, let the person know. Tell them what, oh, I don't communicate. want to communicate. Use your words. Because the thing which I was trying to tell that student when I said, yeah, it's great that you stood up for yourself next time, use your words. So, but I'm hoping that next time he'll go, he'll go, please don't do that. Right. And then you go, you, you learn or you teach this person to use their words. Their work life just got better. Their home life just got better. Their skills. Yeah. That's the thing you're trying to give them this confidence to say, please don't do that anymore. Also, I think what's really interesting about that is that um, it prioritizes respect over outcome like like yeah. be, you know be responsible for yourself respect the other person don't don't cause a situation where there's unknown violent outcomes um and i i do think like old school aikido still has relevancy for that though in terms of like respect and and uh, etiquette um because if you're in a controlled violent situation and you don't have etiquette it all breaks down right that's kind of what you're saying like this person yeah yeah but the hard part about teaching people 
Aikido as a as a martial art is that they never want to leave. They don't ever want to leave it being a martial art. They will, they will go past that. Because it works. Right. It works. It's effective. I'm a tough guy. I do all these things. Think about yourself. Think about the opponent. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Whips. Right. So the hard part about focusing too much on the hard part, the hard style, the the self-defense aspects of Aikido is that people don't want to leave it. For instance, you said like, I don't know the 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 proper Japanese, but it's a it's like the par, par, paradox of the plum blossom. Focusing on the hard shell makes you hard, and you get too into war, which makes you a rough person. Focusing too much on the pretty flower makes you weak. So you have to have the bat this balance, psyching robot or something like that. And I, it's funny because I look up that quote, can't find it. Don't even know the right if that's even the right word. Right. But Sensei wrote about it, and then I tried to research. I couldn't find it. But he talks about this idea of the plum blossom, right? The hard shell is focusing on war makes you rough. Focusing on the flower makes you weak. So you have to have there has to be this balance. And so, like, how do you find the balance today for students as you teach them? I focus too much on the hard style of Aikido as a martial art. They become horrible people. I focus on the spirituality and the philosophical aspects of Aikido to become weak people. But some of that this is why I, I kind of like, I, I hem and on as, as part of me is like the best awareness is self-awareness. Like you have to like self-enlighten yourself. Like if you, if you can't make that step to say, oh, okay, I punched this person, but next time I'm going to be like, hey, I don't want to do, as you say, I don't want to do break ball or whatever the context is. But there's there's some element of what I think that's old school is that the person has to learn to have that insight themselves. Yeah, what what percentage do you think the population of the world can do that? I mean, very low. I mean, I think it's very low. One. Right, so you're asking them to do it. But that's my job as the Aikido teacher to say, no, is to go, A, use your words. We don't do that. I must create the structure for them to get good. So I go, dot, 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 dot. Get the fight off your face. You heard me joke about it all the time. Hey, man, does that guy owe you money? Jeez, don't throw him down so hard. And then, you know, people laugh, but it's true. You go, oh, shoot, I'm being too rough on this person. You know, that my job is to remind them to come back. Hey, you don't need that. I, you know, I said, you're not wrong. Good for you to standing, standing up for yourself, but use your words next time. And then you're hoping that next time he'll go, hey, oh, don't do that to me. Don't crack my wrist like that. Communicate. Communicate. But that's, dude, what's what are like the five hardest things to say? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I love you. Right. You know, and all these different things. And like, those are the hard things to say. I made a mistake. I, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I don't know. Dude, we're talking about adults can't say those things. And then you're telling them, don't, don't use violence. Use your words. Right? Because. We use violence because that's the most primal thing. Ah, tearing things off and smashing it, you know, that's that's primal. But we're, but we're living in this age of enlightenment. We're living in the we're living in the age of choice. This that's is true. No, and this is the greatest generation ever because this generation has the opportunity to choose, choose to be this way, choose to be that way, choose not to do that, choose to do that, choose to be this job choose all these things that past generations never got to have that choice. So do you choose violence 
or eating chili, or, or yeah, or something, something that you go like, dude, I don't want to yell at people. I don't want to fight people on the street, right? Like you, yesterday we were at this Vons and where I live, and it must be built on an Indian burial ground because every time you go there, the cops are there. Something's going down, and I tell my wife, we got to stop coming here. Sure enough, two homeless people are going at it right in front of where you put the cards away. My wife's like, what's going on over there? And I'm pushing the car and I'm like, two homeless people are going at it. And it's getting heated. And so I got to take the cart back because you're supposed to do that, right? As a good person. Right. And I go, and the part of me goes, I want to go over there. And I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it spilling over onto me. Right. And then as I turned to go, I went, nope. And I walk way farther and put the cart away in a different spot. And then I got the car and left. But that's having the choice cannot engage in something which is gonna ruin my family life. Yeah, and one person could hit their head and die. Yeah. Well, just be getting into it. I'm gonna wrestle with a homeless person. But the whole point of it is that today, if we were if we kind of, you know, get toward the end here, new school, old school, what is the right way? The right way is whatever is right for the time, as Joseph Campbell would say. Right? He's you know, he talks about like religion. Yeah, that religion was relevant in that time. In that era. And so today we have to make Aikido relevant today. Do you want to commit violence against others? No. Well, then Aikido's for you. I want to tear people's heads off. I want to punch them. I want to punch their head off. You go, well, MMA. Think maybe MMA and karate is for you. That's not for me. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want I don't want to wake up and you know go to sleep and see some person's bloody face every time I close my eyes. I don't want to wake up in jail. And those places are, those martial arts are only taking you in that direction because you have no other recourse than to use violence. To solve your problem. Aikido has a philosophical structure because it's, it's, it's a martial art for the 21st century because it's supposed to enable us to use our words. It's supposed to enable us to have choice to go, I don't want to do that so that we don't have to wake up in jail and go, screw it up. All because the guy didn't use his blinker. Well, I mean, that sucks for me. And, but that's so that's today how do you teach people I don't know back, back then you did whatever the teacher said for as long as the teacher said today I have to be a, a judge the jury I have to be their dad I have to be their boss I have to be their coach I have to be all these wear all these different hats at all these different times and the old school way yeah. you were you, they, remember the old school the only uh Treat you talked about when people asked to be your students. I am strict, right? Kiwi she today you go well. I'm good at developing people, I've got a war winning personality, I'm very good at queuing, I'm really good at showing praise. Great job, Jim. Hey, 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 right? But they have to wear all those things just to get the students to train, yeah. right? So, the but if you do that and people do train. They're better for it. That's right. I mean, the training wears off on you. If you train more than one, or even if you train one time, it wears off on you. So maybe that's a good place for us to wrap it up because <laughs> yeah. we could go back and forth on this I guess. endlessly. Well, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for watching. And again, if you have any comments or things you'd like us to talk about, please make note in the comments or email. Thank you.